Welcome to FNB Business Talk. My name is Lynette Nduli and I look forward to spending time with you to help us all navigate into the new normal. Today I'm delighted to host Ms. Linda Jangulo, who is one of the founders of the hugely successful, super cool and sophisticated nail bar, Ms. Salon London. Whilst their business has gone on over the last nine years to expand to a number of locations into a cosmetics brand and a number of different other services in their diversification and their growth. Today, I'm hoping that she'll share a little bit with us about what in the game has changed as the business prepares to return now to its full operating momentum. Well, Lynette, thank you very much for having me, first of all. Well, the last five months nothing short of horror, simply because nobody could have been prepared for a pandemic. I mean, you know, you always prepare for downturns and things like that. But when it comes to the uncontrollable, it left all of us in shock, so to speak. But I think we're just lucky that, you know, we've got systems and processes in place for our business. So, you know, we were able to come through the other side. When did you start that whole journey as a business of building that type of resilience and building that type of infrastructure into your business? First of all, I think the biggest thing is that in the business, we have passion for our business. And so we never at any point treated it anything less than a business that was meant to service people to the highest level. We have a driving spirit, so we're never quitting. We're always looking for new ways. And with this pandemic, all it did was just propel us into a space that we were already trading in, but not to the fullest. So, you know, when you talk about being shut down as a service business, you're thinking, oh, my God. But what we did, we set up a multi income stream business. So, yes, it's a service business, but it was a retail business and it had an online presence. And so we decided, you know what, this is the opportunity to grow that online presence. And that's what we worked on during the lockdown. What has been the market's reception of the move for health and beauty during this year to online? So the reception has been actually tremendous in the sense that people have finally realized that, you know, you don't have to go into a store to have the fullest experience of a product. And we brought that experience online. We were there helping you choose your color. If it was nail care products, you know, we would tell you what you would need, you know, if you just needed a cuticle oil or if you needed the full on files and things like that, we were always there to assist you with your needs. So it's not just plying you with products that you don't need, but it's giving you the right product. So if you're going to choose a color, we, we look at you and we help you through the process of choosing your color and then complementing products as well. So it's been actually great reception that we've had. How have you kept your staff, you know, firstly retained as employees in the business? How have the staff also adapted to this digital new normal? And I guess now as we open up, how are they adapting to this very spaced out healthy normal? So, I mean, it, it, it's affected all of us in such a way that we had to quickly adapt to the new normal. 
because, you know, the alternative was that you were not adhering to protocols. So, you know, we've had to retrain and make sure, I mean, being in the beauty space, we already adhered to high hygiene protocols. We had that in place as it were. And now we had, you know, we had to make sure that all of that is heightened to the max. You know, if you were going 100%, you were now going 1000%, making sure everything is sanitized, you know, and also we've had to now everybody can't come in at once because one of the shops is, is a 36 square space. You can't have 10 staff in that space. And so we've all had to adapt that, you know, we can't work every day as much as, you know, we, we get bored. And, you know, so everybody has had to pull in their best uh, and try and make this new normal work. Our clients back. Are we feeling confident enough and has the return of the clientele been fairly immediate or do you still see that the sector will still in many, many ways continue to, to struggle to get back to its old momentum? So the return has been very gradual because people are afraid of what's going on out there. Am I safe to be in this space sitting there for an hour? But, you know, slowly but surely they are coming back. And we've been grateful that the return has seen us break even. So we're not pulling our hair out and thinking, is this the end of our business? What's going on? It just gives us hope that days are still ahead of us and it, we will see them. I think what was really also interesting was just watching businesses like your own open themselves up to more interactions with customers and just the number of new products that we began to see on online shelves. What do you see it meaning, particularly for the South African health and beauty sector, which also previously relied on a lot of imported goods, but we've definitely seen a huge shoot up of South African locally made products? Absolutely. I think we got spoiled as consumers in that go out there and there was always choice with the imported goods. We always feel that, you know, it's always better and it's of higher quality. But with the lockdown, many people that have had their products shown on the spotlight, and it just goes to show that local is very much capable of playing on the scene. And we will see an emergence of many local goods. Also, when it comes to that whole enjoying your grooming from the comfort of your home. That's definitely another side, even our own business to this day, we still provide that service. If you know what, you would rather have the service in the comfort of your living room. Absolutely. You know what, you want to have it in your garden. We're more than delighted to come and service in your home. During this particular period, did your business at any point try to engage with the various service providers who had put out relief interventions for businesses in the space? And it would be also be great to hear what could have been done differently. So, yes, we did right in the beginning when, you know, certain measures were announced and things like that. And we wrote to basically everybody and we got no response, which is very disheartening because at the end of the day, we were not trying to get funding to try and better ourselves as in, you know, the business owners, but it was to sustain a business that we know and are very proud of that is going to grow even bigger once this whole 
thing blows over and to just be sidelined as a non-essential is very disheartening. But we always think, you know what, let's not dwell on what didn't happen. Let's just look at what we can do. What do we control? And so we carried on and looked at what we had already in place in-house, you know, who did we need to pay with whatever was at hand and how long was it going to last us. And this is where things like great relationships, um, you know, with suppliers and the likes of landlords came into play. And that was the bigger winner in this case, because those are the relationships that we figured we need going forward. Because, you know, when you start these new relationships with you know, whether it's your bank or whoever's offering you relief, it's just such a, a fine line to try and convince somebody that you've got a product that you know works and is able to do what you say it, it can do. What are the type of difference conversations you believe you would love to begin to have with your financial service provider markets, your suppliers, and the economy at large that typically perhaps doesn't consider when dealing with the commercial interests that are driven by women? I think it's important for them to realize that as much as we're a woman-driven, a woman-headed business, we are very much an important part of the financial sector because we, first of all, provide employment to other women who then, you know, it's a ripple effect. They are mostly breadwinners in their own homes. We're not playing here. We're trying to build a business. We pay taxes as well. And if it was so insignificant, we would be playing in a space where we were well below the tax bracket and employing one or two people here and not servicing our large distributors and things like that. But we are a serious business and it's high time that even if it's a beauty space that we were taken serious as a business, that we are key players when it comes to our economic contribution. There's also the undocumented element, I think, also of being a woman-owned business is that you're a mom and of course you had to balance that with managing a business through that. Um, what kept you sane? Funny enough is that my children actually kept me sane. So we decided we were going to have a program and we would work out together. We were not in each other's face. So aside from we'll all have our moments where I would be, you know, in my own space having to do some work here and there and they would have stuff that they were doing but we still got back together and as a family we made sure that we didn't make each other feel like we were alone at this time. How important has the community been to you during this period and how have you stayed engaged with community whether it's in the business itself or outside of um, the business? Well, you know, when we started, it was always about creating a space where women came and didn't feel like the mundane of getting my nails done. So it was always about building this community. And through being authentic and through that, coming to this point of going through a pandemic, we kept engaged with our clients our community online and in personal chats as well. And I must say that a lot of our clients are loyal because they feel like 
we are an honest business that even when we came through to the point of thinking, okay, what next? And we just had these chats. I personally had a chat with one particular client and, you know, I said to her, well, let me know, you know, as as soon as you want something done. And she said, you know what? I don't even want anything done, but I am going to do X for your business. And, you know, before you know it, I've got an EFT coming into the account. And she said, you know, help the staff do whatever needs to be done. You know, you don't see that every day. The Miss Salon space, in addition to their community, also supports other women-owned businesses and brands. Their products on your shelves. Those collaborations, are they going to continue? Are they going to be expanded into the online world? Have you seen the benefits of those as a competitive advantage for yourselves? Because I really do want to talk about that element of innovation to collaborate with others as something that builds resilience during a time like this. So collaboration has been an important part of our business um, because, you know, most of the stuff that we consign are things that, you know, as owners, we we absolutely love and we know um, that our clients will love. So we carefully curate what we put on, you know, whether it's online or in our store. And those collaborations um, are carefully selected and we hope that through this pandemic that those will continue because they are very important that you know we highlight whatever you're offering if we can work together absolutely we are always looking for new partnerships we are always looking for you know new product very interesting whether it's local whether you go and source it but we're always looking for people that are you know trying to get out there and are looking for a space that is fun that is out there and ready to help in whatever way that we can Uh, Thank you so much for that, Linda. The the final question I have for you as a business leader, as an entrepreneur, and as a woman, what would be the words of strength and wisdom that you would like to share with your peers? So I think the most important thing is through this time is not to give up on yourself or your brand. There's a reason why you started whatever it is that you're doing. And as an entrepreneur, you know that you're uh, bringing a solution to some kind of problem or just bridging some kind of gap. And um, I actually read something that said the need for your business is never going to go away. Just remember that just because it's been put to the side, it doesn't mean that it's going to go away. It's going to come back at some point, but just don't give up. Look for new ways that you can then enter the space that you are trying to get into. If it means reinventing yourself, reinvent yourself if that's what needs to happen. Thank you for joining us on FNB Business Talks. If you're enjoying our interviews, please subscribe to our channel. FNB is a division of First Rand Bank Limited, an authorized financial services and credit provider. Fees and fees apply.